Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Today's podcast of the Just Being Honest Podcast is brought to you by the Buttermilk Co. Guys, I love this Indian delight. It is fast, fresh, And now during this time of the year, it feels oh so festive. So get your Indian soups, garam masala, kichari, and even those rices on tap. All it takes is just a little hot water and yum! You've got Indian food that will satisfy all of your taste buds. So now until Thanksgiving Day, you get 15, yep, you heard me, 15% off your entire first purchase of $20 or more by using code JBH15 at checkout. So stock up. But today's podcast, you're not going to want to miss because that's why you turned us on, right? Oh gosh, what a story we have to share. Growing up in the Midwest and being the ninth of 10 children, this next guest was mentally and physically trained to keep up with the boys, quote unquote, also known as her big brothers, at a very young age. If this tiny tyke wanted to play football in the backyard with all of the others, she had to prove her endurance one grunt and hike at a time. This training set her up to be a leader throughout the rest of her life, from excelling at Ernst & Young to changing the way business thrived at Disney and later reshaping and saving the Educational Foundation as CFO at a nonprofit. Kathleen Ruiz's mantra to get her to success in any environment is simply that she has had the courage to make tough decisions. From the workplace to the workout, this mentally and physically fit woman, seriously, seriously fit, she shares the secret to smiling through the tough times and that sometimes the most important trait to hold is to just have that never-ending commitment to excellence. Want to be a leader too? Guys, here is just part one of the story of Kathleen's grit in this place called life. We're diving in deep. I hope you enjoy it. Ciao. Hi, guys. This is your host, Katie. And this is the Just Being Honest podcast. It is super fog weather here. And when I say super fog, I'm not even kidding. You walk outside and you're walking through like... You're walking through a cloud. Have you ever been in an airplane up in the sky and just, I swear, every time I'm out there, I'm imagining, I just want to float through that. I want to know what it's like. Well, guys, come to Southern California. Come to Manhattan Beach. We are walking through clouds. Um, Super fog, super kind of bum. Kind of everyone's in a funk. Guys, the Dodgers won last night. Be happy. Um, But anyways. Moving on, you guys just turned on the Just Being Honest podcast, and I'm just being honest. So, this is, uh, as I said before, KB, your health, nutrition, and lifestyle manifestation coach. Our guest today, I had to take a deep breath. She is like fireball, fireball, like, <laughs> Like, roll her up, stick her in, stick you, oh my god, I can't even talk, stick her in your pocket and you will, like, have energy for the whole day. Her name is Kathleen Ruiz. She is my gal pal, but she's also, seriously, whenever we're talking, my ears are perked up, totally pointed, like a dog. I am always listening. I am a sponge. I'm taking everything in. And guys, you've got to listen in, too. Guys, gals, whoever you are listening, get your notepads out. You're going to want to take these life lesson notes and just like everyday notes. Um, So without further ado, welcome to the JBH podcast, Kathleen. Thank you. Um, So we're we're sitting here sipping tea um, on Super Fog Day, Super Fog Saturday. And um, I want to kind of start out with 
Kathleen how we met. We haven't actually known each other for that long, but she is a complete, in all honesty, soul sister of mine. I can feel it within my soul, through my blood, my, you know, just every pentacle tentacle of my octopus being. Um, we were at Whole Foods. Ha, huh, surprise, surprise, because that's the only place I shop in the world. Um, we were, I don't even know how it happened, but we were in the checkout line, different lines, and it's almost like I was meant to like gaze over at her. And we kind of just looked at each other, not with competitive eyes. You know how some females look at each other and it's a one up and down. There was none of that. It was complete eye contact, dead zoning in. And I don't even remember what we said when we left the grocery store, but we just started talking. And so there's the beauty in that. And I want to talk to her about what she thinks. Well, first off, we'll get back on that vibrational attraction, but I want you to introduce yourself just a little bit. So my name is Kathleen Ruiz and I am a finance executive. I was CFO of the Year, uh, nominated CFO of the Year by LA Business Journal last year mm -hmm. for the accomplishments that I achieved in higher education in a nonprofit setting. And a lot of what I achieved came from experience that I had gained earlier in my career at Ernst & Young, at Disney. So I have a pretty diverse background in various industries. Um, I have a lot of courage to make tough decisions, um, and I think that is what set me apart from everybody else. I was able to transform my organization from losing $1.6 million the year before I was CFO to profiting uh, for an $8.1 million turnaround. The profit was $6.5 million in the year that I became CFO. And how I did that was basically looking at every expense, um, looking at all the contracts that we had, renegotiating a lot of those, making a lot of staffing decisions, a lot of really tough decisions, um, but making them with confidence and knowing the ones that I was making were important for the organization to survive and thrive. So that's a little bit about who I am. I have a lot of grit. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and I got a lot of resistance. Um, but every decision I made, I knew it was the right one. I made it with full confidence and I had a lot of really strong team behind me. I always attract talent who is, um, like-minded and I surround myself with really strong people, particularly women whenever I can. And I love to create an environment where people feel safe to express their viewpoints and where it's, it's healthy to have disagreements. Um, and hear everybody out because with that kind of collaboration, I find we always end up with the best result. I love that. I love that. Um, and especially, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is, and, you know, so the time that we're living in right now, it's about time that females are stepping up. Guys, we love you too, but you know it's time. It's time to see your sisters rise, to see your mothers, you know, speak their truth, to see your daughters really show their confidence and shine um, as they did when they were born. And um, Kathleen has been, ever since I met her, just an inspiration, just kind of like that outlet that we all need to kind of have. She, as she just said, she has the courage to make tough decisions. And I think tough decisions equals fear. And we live in, I'm just going to say it, we live in a society, a world of fear right now. You know, politically and just, you know, from those around us, you know, everyone is burdened with fear. And, and it's with that, without that courage, you're not going to get anywhere in life. So... So we're going to build up that courage together today, but one thing, let's jump back to the grocery store meeting and talk about vibrational connection. What do you believe in that? Like what, because I know what I believe, um, that things happen for a reason. You're supposed to meet certain people at certain times in your life for a reason. What is your thought on that? I, there definitely, um, there were 
12 other people in those lines and I immediately was drawn to you. And it was, it was, I didn't know it was mutual until we walked out yeah. together and we started talking and the, the commonalities that we have, like the passion that we have about similar things, the mid Midwestern roots, yeah. the way we look at life. It was, to me, it was just fate because we, the chances of us, the two of us meeting and now here we are friends. Yeah. What are the chances of that? Yeah, no, and it's, it's, it's completely, um, what was it? I was listening to someone speak and they were talking about those like unconscious, I mean, I, I'm going to say vibrations again, but it's like these cell molecules in you, within you. You know, guys, when you go through funks in life um, and if you start thinking in negative ways, it'll start bringing you down and you'll start being literally, it's like, the higher power teaching you a lesson because it's gonna say start thinking positive start thinking on the other side because if you think ah oh, rats you know the avocados are three dollars I can't afford that and then the other person next to you just happens to show up and be like oh rats and you're like yeah I know and then you're bringing each other down and then you walk outside of the grocery store that day you step in a muddy greasy pet puddle and you're like oh rats my white jeans are all oily you know it's those things that'll bring you down and spiral you down but then when you start to spiral up and spiral up those like vibrations those like cells because guys <laughs> Let's be honest, we're all just walking bacteria. We are, we're biophotons, we're made of light. And so those other like vibrations, those high vibrations, those high frequency lights are gonna pop into your face. So Miss Kathleen over there, she just stuck out like a sore thumb because she was glowing so much. And if you see her, which I will be posting a photo of her, she glows. You can see it in her eyes. You can see it in her step. You can see it in her performance. If you watch her workout videos, which we'll get to, oh my gosh, she's a beast. She's smiling and laughing the whole time when she's doing stuff that I, that I literally at the park, I'm like, like Gumby arms, like seriously olive oil here. Um, yeah, she's always smiling. So, true believer in that. So try it today, try to turn that frown upside down. Um, another thing I want to go into is the workplace. So you've been working for obviously much more in life than I have. You've seen a lot more than I have in life. And you've seen, I don't know, has corporate situations, have, have they changed more and more or how have they changed? And how, how was it to be um, a leader female in those settings? You're a CFO. I would have to say that um, the old boys network, unfortunately, is still alive and well in a lot of organizations. Um, I, I really believed in, in bringing women along. I think some of the traditional roles between males and females, men generally, um, often feel a lot more comfortable being assertive and vocal in meetings. So I've mentored a, a lot of women, I, I believe. Um, that's part of my role in life is to mentor as many young women. Um, I had a couple great mentors as I was coming along in my career who really changed, you know, my entire pathway. So that to me is very, very important to help young women develop and help them along the way with their careers and build their confidence, have the courage to speak up in those meetings. And um, so Unfortunately, you know, I do believe that that it's still an uphill battle in some organizations. I think there are a lot of organizations that are more progressive. So to anyone who's looking for a job, I think I would really caution them to look at the organization and look at are there females there in high level positions and what is the culture? Is it a culture that embraces, you know, some risk taking and open dialogue or is it a culture that is very top down? and very male-dominated because I would be very cautious to enter an environment like that. So, okay, <laughs> not to be too much of a feminist speaking here, but why do you think that, in your opinion, why do you think over how many years we've all been alive and this, you know, United States has been alive and been in an industry, why do you think it's still in the dark ages, like why, why is it still that, you know, if a female speaks up, 
at a meeting, another female might say, girl, shut up, you know, instead of saying, girl, speak your voice, you know, and then another, you know, why is it such a threat to change? I think um, a lot of it's driven from the top. So if you have a leader who's progressive, who has is committed to creating a culture of openness where doesn't matter your gender, it, it's really what you have to offer and what your talent is, th that um, it, that can be overcome. I think if the leadership tone is set where it is, again, that hierarchical top-down um, and women, you don't see a lot of women moving up through, through the organization, it, it can be a little bit oppressive um, for women to feel empowered to speak up. Okay, so let's kind of move this onto another um, kind of cultural topic that's going on in workplaces today, any workplace, whether it's the movie industry, as we've seen many of, or just, you know, maybe it's a, a bagel shop down the street, you know, top down, females speaking up, um, let's go into sexual harassment. Guys, we're like totally jumping topics here, but it just kind of sputtered into my brain here. Um, you being a high, high in a high level position and maybe another dominant male or dominant person is as well. Um, how, how did you see it in your workplace? Um, was there a lot of that to be like, keep quiet or else you're going to lose your job? Um, in, I mean, did you hear from other women? What What's going on in those workplaces? Because I've never been in a big, giant corporate setting, but I have <laughs> walked on the streets of daily life, and I get, I get many comments myself just walking on the streets. I think um, that, you know, no matter how much sexual harassment training takes place, because every company I've worked in has it, some people walk away and get it, and there's some people who walk away and it's as if they never listened. And unfortunately, it takes courage to speak up. So I think depending on the level at which it's happening in the organization, if it's a high-level person, there's a fear of reporting it or complaining. And so I've been in organizations where actually people kind of laugh it off and, mm -hmm. and people will see it, you know, a particular person um, saying things that are completely inappropriate to women. And it's sort of this uncomfortable laughter that goes on like, huh, he's doing it again. And it takes a lot of courage to speak up. People are afraid of losing their jobs um, or being retaliated against in some other way. So again, it's the culture and you know, a lot of that's driven by a strong HR organization and whoever the governing board is um, to support that that kind of culture won't be tolerated. So, um, since you are big on mentoring young women, um, what point of advice would you give someone or someone just starting a career, you know, and they want to grow into a corporate setting, they really want to climb that ladder, um, or someone that is in that current situation of being sexually harassed, how would you advise them to bring it to the table in a mature and um, poignant kind of manner? The first thing I would do is go to the human resources department in the organization and, and discuss what's happening and see if you can enlist their assistance to get it resolved. Um, but depending on the strength of, of the HR department, to directly address the person who's making the comments and have the courage to do it, uh, to say that that makes me uncomfortable, not to let it go because once the pattern is established and someone has gotten away with doing it a few times, it can get worse and worse. So you can't be fired. It, you can't legally be fired for, for voicing a concern about being spoken to in a way that is, feels uncomfortable to you from a sexual harassment standpoint. So having the courage to speak up right away. I love it. Guys, speak up, speak your truth. Um, you know, take notes of what's going on, take documentation. Um, you've got to think of these things as also say, uh, uh, say it's like, you know, a relationship that you are currently in, you know, the same situation, take notes, take documentation, date this, date that. If you have anything on text, anything on email, keep it all, save it. Right. Um, 
Okay, so let's move on. So, workplace, yada, 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 empowerment. We know what a girl boss you are. Books yes. to read. If, if, oh, if yes. a book, if, if um, you have not read the book called Lean In. Lean by, In. Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Okay. It's all about women in the workplace assuming leadership roles and the role of women that they can play in helping to mentor and helping to encourage the next generation of female leaders. One of the best books that I've ever read. If you've not read it, I'd encourage everyone to read that. Okay, guys, I'm going to have that in the show notes. Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Love her. Um, okay, so let's move on because we could talk about books for days. Um, let's talk about... Um, Let's talk about first your gym, your gymnast, not a gymnast, but gymnast. Um, so Kathleen is mentally strong, but she's also physically like kick ass strong. She sends me these videos that she's working on and I see her and she's just like the power of like beauty and strength. And it's not that she's doing like a physical form competition or anything. She's training for life. And she's training for the beauty of that and feeling amazing. And just, she's not trying to build up a barrier or a wall. I've known so many women that have been taunted and tormented, possibly in a relationship, that they work out to create the armor for themselves. Kathleen is like doing it out of just pure bliss, beauty, and she's smiling along the way. So tell me, what st what was your childhood like? I mean, were you always running around, working out, physically fit? What what's going on here? Well, I grew up in the Midwest in, yeah. in Michigan in a farm a farm town. And I was the ninth of ten kids. Oh my gosh. So I had <laughs> six brothers and three sisters. Mm. And the girls were the two oldest in the family. So they were married. We were all spread out. So they were out having their own families by the time I was born. So it was really as if I grew wow. up in a household with six boys and one girl um, because the, the two oldest girls were gone. And so I was part of the football team. The uh -huh. boys you know, played in the, we had a big field. I was part of the baseball, whatever sport was going on, I was part of it. Me and, too, me and, too, wait, wait. I and can see I was <laughs> so competitive with my brothers because if they said, well, Kathy can't do it. I'd be like, oh, yes. So it, I'd always be up for the challenge. I always had to be the pitcher or the quarterback. And I loved, I, it was like my escape. And I was good at it. And so my whole life, I've been really athletic. I love sports. I love being physical. I love being strong. I love being able to keep up with the guys. It gives me, like, people who see me in the gym, like you said, I'm smiling as I'm doing everything. People are, are laughing going, I, I make these faces when I work out that are really ugly and painful and you're just smiling. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, but then also like, don't you ever get sore? I mean, we know we've talked and you do get sore, but like, what do you feel like when you are that extreme sore? Cause I know the workouts that you do and you can describe them in just a bit, but what, like, what is your, your mental feeling? Like, Oh, oh maybe I should just take a break. Or is it like, well, nope, we're going to keep on doing it tomorrow. Or what is your mental aspect? Because a lot of people would give up. I never get sore to the point of where I don't want to go back into the gym. I might have a day where I say, okay, um, I'm going to go a little lighter today. But the endorphins, the, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a high that I mm -hmm. get from it. I rarely take a day off. A day off to me is maybe just doing some cardio and some core work. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I have a pretty extreme like capacity for pain and, and to push my body to the limit where people I'm working out with are done and they're like, they're going to go to the shower or whatever. Are you done? I'm like, no, I'm going to go, go for a little while longer and I can go for a, like, I can have a two and a half hour workout some days and feel like I could go another half hour. Ooh, there's the... Have you ever heard a grandfather clock like that? Guys, we're in the, a real grandfather clock. It is, well, we have to wait 11 chimes. So hold on. <laughs> there we go. It's 11 o'clock. All right, moving on. So where do you think that pain threshold came from? Do you think that was just from, you know, keeping up with the boys when you were younger? I think so. And I think also there's a little bit of a, a challenge to it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you feel a little bit of pain pushing through it. 
Yeah. That's such a life lesson. Yes. Because, you know, I mean, that's that kind of got you where you are in the workplace, you know? It's it's only hard for a little bit, but once you get past it, you know your capacity. You know mentally, physically what you are capable of. There's a book called Grit that I read, and there's a grit test. Um, her what? Angela Duckworth wrote this book, and it's about grit. And it, it says it's in life, a lot of times, it's not your talent, but your capacity to keep working at something tirelessly and not giving up. And I took the grit test, and I was basically at the top of the chart in terms of your, your level of grit. And it asks you like 10 questions and you rate on those 10 questions yourself on a scale of one to five. And so, um, I was questioning myself about where did that come from and, and is it my upbringing or is it just within me? And the conclusion is it's, it's some of each. Mm -hmm. And so I've always had that in me and everything I do in life. I like to to be the best. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I never give up on anything. If I'm starting it, I'm going to finish it. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to try to be the best at it. Wow. So I think that's, that's part of the workout thing is I love to be the best I can be. Yeah. Which is a great talent to have. But, but what about what, what do you learn from the setbacks that you may have had? Um, because we all know that you know, you can always say, I want to be the best. I want to be the perfectionist of this. But also, you can gain so much success and so much learning from things that may did, have not happened so perfectly or in alignment with one another. Um, what do you take? How do you, um, what am I trying to say? How do you, how do you kind of take those situations in? And how do you react to those situations? I get frustrated <laughs> and because I'm used to being able to be good at, at most things. And so it, it's, I commit myself that I'm going to get good at it and it might take me a little bit longer. Like tennis um, was, was something I wanted to be better at that. What didn't come as naturally to me as, as some other sports, but I played every day one summer when I was at Michigan state and I was really good by the end of the summer. It took a lot longer than maybe it did for, you know, running or another sport that I competed in that came more naturally. But I don't give up. I, you just have to put in more time and more, more effort. Time. More effort. But my initial my initial reaction is frustration because it's like, why aren't, why aren't I good at this? Why aren't I good at this? <laughs> now, that happens to me. I, I oftentimes learn that at certain activities and certain sports, you know, I so want to do it. Like, for instance... Like dancing, like the Zumba classes, guys. I went to this like ec ecstatic dance class one time. I was like, I'm gonna do it. I didn't tell anyone I was doing it because, God forbid, someone I knew was there, you know. So I did it, and it was like this pre choreographed dance. And I obviously was in week four or something, and I was like, what? Everyone already know, guys. I was in the back of the room. Everyone's whipping their hips doing their little twerk, whatever they were doing, and I just wanted to do the hip-hop routine, like, so bad. And I literally, I think, just did yoga before, which is a totally other dog, and I was like, I realized, it's like, I want to do this so bad, but I'm just bouncing around, and my hips don't move like that. And it's kind of like tennis, where it's like, I feel like you have to be so almost, like, loose. And when we, like, you and I, we're, we're very, like, French bulldog like, you know, like, oh, we're here, we're here, we're here. And and we're not the the greyhound stature, you know. So it is a little harder to to learn those like fluidity movements, but it's possible. Um, yeah, let's just say that was hilarious. And I think I went to class like one other time besides that. I don't know. Um so moving on, so well what's what's your workout like? Like do you have the same workout every week like lined up so Monday's always weights and this and you always do the same routine or how does it work it's um no every every day is a little different so I on Mondays and Wednesdays I take a it's a little bit like CrossFit it's mm -hmm. functional training it's um it's um you know a combination of like we part of it's called like the shredder so you're doing heavy duty cardio and you're moving between it's it's circuits that you move between really quickly so it's combining strength training with cardio 
So maybe some Jacob's Ladder, maybe pushing the sled, maybe doing some sprints down the hallway combined with then one day it might be triceps, the next mm. day it might be more legs. Um, so that's a class and in one hour you're just compressing all that in circuits really, really quickly. It gets your heart rate up really high. Um, and then on the rest of the days of the week, I do my own thing. And so I try to, I usually do about 45 minutes of cardio, um, either like the stair climber or the woodway or the treadmill, um, or there's a, the rowing machine or the ski machine. And then I will one day a week focus on triceps and then another day of the week, focus on biceps, another day of the week, focus on shoulders, another day of the week focus on like legs and glutes and then another day of the week um, focus on core or most days I usually incorporate core into the, most everything yeah most everything yeah um, I think having a strong core is is just key uh. and so it for me I spend so much time in the gym I'm usually there two to two and a half hours a day it's really important to mix it up so yeah. I'm always looking for TRX is another thing I love doing yeah um, it, it's uh completely um different for me it's not so much strength training it's body body weight mm -hmm. um but you could do so many things on a trx i can work out every single part of my body on a trx mm -hmm. um so i just bought one of my own i like it yeah so did yes. you oh i'm coming over we're going to the beach we're gonna yeah, strap that on the volleyball oh my god i'm so excited we're gonna do it we're yes, gonna do it perfect kathleen and i <laughs> we've gone so many walks and talking about that every single time it's like the same topics that come up is Oh my god, I think you'd really like the TRX. Man, I should get a TRX every walk. And then me, it's like, I really should get a, a juicer, you know, blah blah blah, something like that. So she got this the the TRX. We're gonna take that thing down, strap it onto a volleyball court, and get all the volleyball players mad at us because we're taking our court. <laughs> um, yes, it'll I'm be fun in like, the sand. Yes, we'll it'll post some fun. videos. This yeah. is great. Um, pumped, super pumped. That just made my day. Um, so moving on from that, um, what about recovery? What about recovery for, um, for your bod? Mentally well, too, mental, mental recovery. So for my body, I, I've been doing the cryotherapy Woo! and I love it. Um, and the Norma Tech boots feel amazing. Um, I am guilty of not doing enough stretching. I need to do more of that. I can help you. Mm -hmm. And I have gone as primitively as filling the bathtub with cold water and bags of ice and done an ice bath. And it's it's hard to do, but boy, nothing aches the next day. I mean, I feel kind of euphoric when I get out, out of it. The cryotherapy, the cryo chambers, way easier to get yeah. into. But I have to say, I do like the feeling of getting out of that ice bath. Now, do you have your toes in there or in your hands in there? Yeah. Because my hands, like, okay, so for instance, yesterday I dropped maybe like to 60 degrees and it was windy and I was like, oh, I'm cold. I wore a felt hat, not a straw hat. I wore a felt hat for the first time. I got my North Face on, walking the dog, wind was blowing, my core was fine, my legs, I had shorts on, fine, my fingers freezing. See, that's my thing. So You can keep your arms up on the top. I know. I might have to try it sometime. It's uh, it's kind of the same feeling as a cryo chamber. You get out and you feel amazing. But don't you have to sit in there longer? I sat in for three minutes and it was oh, plenty. Oh, three minutes? Three minutes was plenty. Oh, I thought people used to do like like 14 minutes and stuff like that. I didn't. I did three and, and when I got out, everything felt amazing. What about Epsom salt baths, magnesium baths? I haven't tried that. Oh, you would love it. Really? You'd be really relaxed too, so do it at night. Okay, I'll but try that. Literally get like a bag of magnesium. Well, you probably only need like a couple cupfuls in there, but so relaxing. Light a candle, put some body oils on after, make a whole event of it. Do your little facial scrubs. It's all fun. Um, so moving on from that, what do you do for a mental recovery? You know, calming I, the mind down. Well, I do. I spend a lot of time at the beach. So either the walks. You, yeah. That's we. How many times have we bumped into oh, each so other many. walking the strand? Yeah. So and many. I don't put ear. You know, I don't put earbuds in. I don't listen to music. That's really where I do a lot of my mm -hmm. reflecting and thinking. Sometimes I go and just sit down there uh, in front of the ocean. Um, I don't meditate, and I think maybe I should think about that. 
Um, but I find myself sitting just still at the at the ocean, taking a beach chair down or just a towel. That's meditation. That to me is where I get my most, like, it just is peace to me. But you know that's meditation. That's a form of meditation. Even though people don't believe it, people believe you have to sit cross-legged, close your eyes, put on some music and hum. Sure, that's a form of meditation. But there's also walking meditations. Like, I, when I run, people are like, how do you not run with music or podcast or whatever? I run those six plus miles listening to my breath, listening to my thoughts, you know, the aggravations that come up with the first three miles. Because, guys, it takes me three miles to get warmed up and to, like, get my groove in, which is the longest three miles of my life. And listen to the feet shuffle, listen to, you know, the dogs walking by, chink, chink, chink on the other side. You know, it gives you an opportunity also to say good morning to people. But that's a meditation in itself. It's the harmonies that you kind of have going through your own frequencies, your own brain waves. Yeah, for me, any time being in nature, Mm. you and I have talked about going on a hike, being up um, in the canyons, any place where I'm in nature at the ocean is where I can really let my mind just feel so free. It's so healing to me. I agree. The earth has such tremendous powers and we're going back to vibrations it has healing vibrational energies to it you know have you ever read the book called earthing Mm-mm. oh you should it's about i mean it's a pretty simple book but it's about setting your feet into the soil getting those those electromagnetic um, frequencies going completely through all essences of your body's makeup um quite amazing quite amazing um, that's why people run out in the snow and jump into the ocean and all those things. It's that connection. Like, I, I saw a guy that you would not even think to see, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. He was probably about to start a shift somewhere. And just gazing at the moonset when we had the hunter's full moon the other day and how beautiful it was. And I, I was on a run, and I literally said, isn't it beautiful to him as I was running by. And it was someone that you just wouldn't expect and I'm not trying to like stereotype or anything and he turns to me very surprised that I spoke to him and he goes it is it really is and it's just that connection with nature that is Mm -hmm. so healing um so let's jump further okay so now we're gonna jump into more relationships we're gonna jump into um because me Kathleen and our friend Nicole we love (laughs) We love on our walks to talk about just relationships in general, happenings, who has life, and perhaps a few guy talks come up here and there. What? Why? With three women, females? What? That's weird. Um, so, relationships. How has your relationships evolved over the years? Because you're a little bit older and advanced in varsity in relationships than I am. So, you've been married before. And you have two children that are, how old are they? I have, um, my youngest son is 18, He and he's at USC. Mm. And unfortunately, my older son, Ryan, passed away. Oh gosh, I'm sorry to hear that. At the age of 20. So how, He would be 21. So he's 21. So, um, so how, how do relationships evolve from, like, where you were when you were, hmm. My age. Let's start 30. We won't okay. go back to high school. Okay. Well, at 30, my biological clock was ticking, and I, all my friends were having babies. <laughs> Midwest and, girl? What? And I was like, oh, I need to be having a baby because I got to have two, and I need to have them both before I'm 40, and I had it all mapped out. Yeah. So I was on a mission to get that done. And then we were married 17 years, and, you know, unfortunately, I think going into it, because it, I think there's less pressure today with you you girls with that getting married young. Oh, wow. And I think everyone was getting married around me and I had I felt pressure. Um, and had I waited five years, I probably would have picked the right person who I would have been with forever, hopefully. Um, but I do have two beautiful, you know, I had two beautiful yeah. boys and I'll never regret that. Yeah. But that didn't work. We were married 17 years, tried really hard. But at the end of the day, we weren't really um, connected on, there were too many things missing. 
So now I've been single. I've been divorced now for over 10 years. And um, it's been quite a road that I've gone down in terms of, you know, initially I wanted to date a lot, did some dating websites or, you know, match.com, things like that. And that, that was kind of overwhelming to me, just putting yourself out there and really trying to filter through what was legit and what, what wasn't. So I stopped doing that and then I said, well, it's for me, it needs to happen organically. You know, mm -hmm. it just needs to be me out doing something that I enjoy doing and just meeting someone in that environment. And, mm -hmm. and so, unfortunately, because I go to the gym a lot, that seemed to be the only place I met anyone. Um, and so I would say my perspective now is I mean, I'm a lot older and wiser. And the key for me is my next relationship would have to be someone who is my best friend. It, it's not so much about, you know, finding the most handsome looking guy or the most fit guy. Um, it's, it's really about somebody who I enjoy spending time with, who I can converse with and just talk to, who, where we enjoy doing things together. And there's a lot of trust. Um, and that's, to me, the foundation of the best relationships that I've seen is just people who really have a solid friendship. I love that. And I've heard that time and time again. And I feel as though you said, oh, yeah, you guys have it a lot, not as much pressure. But in a sense, there is a lot of pressure because, you know, we still get it from maybe our, our parents and stuff. It may be just uh, be California that looks a little less like pressure. I mean, there's people that I graduated high school with and, and you know, I forget that I'm 31 and I'm like, they have, there's one girl, she has five children or five kids. And, um, and I'm just like, I couldn't even imagine having five right now. Like it's, a, I'm in a totally different world and, but you still get the pressures from family members and stuff like that. And I have, I have friends that are older and, um, there's a lot of hardworking people out here and a lot of people that are career focused and set on that path. And then if something else falls into place that happens, but I think also you know, we live in such a money, stability, financial driven world right now that that's kind of the focus of people. And also going back to the fear factor thing is people are so afraid to get turned down or hurt and don't know how to face that. And then again, going into there's a lot of mental illness. People don't know how to, um, how to, what's the word, cope mm -hmm. with many things. And are afraid, going back to the fear thing, to speak up about things. Um, so yeah, I mean, it all goes hand in hand in hand. But some days I'm thinking, I don't even know where I am. I've met so many guys. But then I can pick out different pointers here and there about them. Like, well, they're really not saying they're available in this sense. Or... Um, you know, are they making up an excuse on that end or are they over that last relationship? Like really, you know, like I, I don't want to be the rebound, you know, you and me and Nicole talk about this all the time. So, so going on from that, what do you think is the best thing to hold your spine up? If you're someone that's just dying to find another half, what do you think, um, what do you think is something that could hold your spine up a little bit taller um, as a female, from a female point of view? Understanding your self-worth and not compromising. I mean, you're never going to get everything you want. Um, I don't think that's possible. So we all have this, you know, list of all the things that we want in a partner. A list? What's your list? Uh, as I said, friendship. You know, ideally I'd love them to be, I love intelligent guys sense of humor is huge. Uh, financial stability is, is big. Looks, you know, good, good looking, having a physical attraction, some level of fitness. I don't expect somebody to be at my level of fitness, but I, I want them to take care of themselves. Those are kind of the, the things that I, someone who has common interests, who likes to travel, who likes to, to maybe cook together, um, likes to hike, likes to, to work out. And 
so I guess you have to think about which, which of those are non-negotiable and which of those you're willing to give a little bit on. Um, but I think it's really important to hang on to the things that are really important to you. That friendship piece, if that's not there, aging together and still loving that person 40, 50 years from now and going through all of the challenges that, that happen in a marriage with children, I, 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 I see them not holding together, you know, the marriage not holding together if you don't have that foundation of really being friends and respecting each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, completely. I mean, these are all good points, and I'm just, like, sitting here thinking, and, like, if someone were to ask me, like, what is your list? I used to have a very, very strict list years ago, you know, very strict. It's got to be this way, that way, and then I think the more guys that I met and the more personality types I met, I realized I'm open. I'm a little bit more open to things, um, but I do have my non-negotiables, and, and... I have to constantly battle myself to say those non-negotiables are completely okay to have because as a female and as a female that I am, I'm a giver. I'm such a giver. I'm, I can be a, yeah, sure, anything because I just want to make you feel comfortable. And I think that's the hardest thing and a lot of things that many women need to kind of practice um, because... I know I personally am very good at giving so much of my energy and time to other people before I give to myself. Um, so yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, for me, when I got to the point where I was re res resolved that I'm okay with being alone. If I don't meet anybody else, I'm, I'm good. I am okay with being alone for the rest of my life. It's interesting the, the day or the time that I got really comfortable with that Staying home alone on a Friday or a Saturday used to be so scary for me. And I thought, oh, I'm such a loser. Why am I not out socializing? The minute I got comfortable with that and actually started kind of enjoying it and and not looking, it's kind of crazy how many people I started meeting. And so I think part of the, that's part of maybe the energy I was sending out was like, okay, I really, I'm not looking. You know, if I happen to start talking to a guy, I'm not looking for a relationship with you. I really just want to talk to you and get... To, to know who you are and what you know what you're about with no romantic inclination at all some of those things have really led to a place I never would have thought yeah yeah and I think you can definitely read the signs of a gentleman or a significant other um whoever that may be we support all you know relationships here um but if the person's really pursuing you and really wants to be in your life really wants to hang out really wants to take you to dinner, really wants to whatever, then they're worth giving a shot to, in my opinion, that is. Um, and I guess everyone's different. Everyone has different standards, but um, but that's true. But then I come to the point where I'm like, you know, that being alone on a Friday, Saturday night, I'm really good at finding stuff for me to do by myself and realizing that, God, I love my baths. I love my bedtime, my pre-bedtime routine, whatever. So then it gets hard once you get older and more set in your ways. But I've given some stuff up. <laughs> so, okay. So is there anything kind of that you want to add to our conversation before I kind of snap us shut? Because we could talk forever. I can't think of anything for this one. And what is, do, do you have any projects that you're, like, working on with the mentoring of, because um, you said you're really passionate of mentoring young female women. Do you just have, like, a forum for them to reach out to you, or how does that work? In my last business venture, um, I hired three young women. That's how I actually met Nicole. Um, and um, groomed them into positions that they, where I saw a talent that they had. That not, not in a field that they had worked in before, but they had a skill set that I, I saw or a potential within them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm starting, um, I'm just launching my own consulting business. And mm -hmm. part of that will be bringing in um, as many young women as I can to groom them along with me. So when is that going to be up and running? It's, um, right now I'm doing some of the, you know, website work. Cool. And so in the next three months, it will okay. be starting. So perhaps we can have you back on the podcast and you can kind of fill us in on the details of that. Or Absolutely. Or like a snippet in here. 
Um, because that is what we need. That's completely what we need. Um, not saying that they need to be physically fit, but they can, that'll certainly be shaped if they're mentally strong. Definitely. Um, God, I love this. All right. My darling, because I won't get too personal into your personal life, but your last question, are you ready? All right. What, Kathleen, what's your honest truth that has led you on the path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Ooh, repeat that again? What's your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Can be anything. It's, it's my commitment to excellence. It's, it's just who I am. Yes. It's part of that, that grit. It's everything I do in life. I want to do it well. I want to be an example for my son. I want to be an example to the, these young women who, who I have in my life, who I mentor my niece, um, who's a sophomore in college. For her sorority, um, had to write who's her been her main role model in life, and it was it was me. Yeah. I was so so honored. Um, so I think setting an example for people who are younger than me, setting an example for my child, and just for myself. I I'm happiest when I feel like I've had a really productive day, that I'm doing something positive, that I had a positive impact on on somebody else. Awesome. I love it. I'm like almost in tears right now. I'm just like staring at her. I have the biggest girl crush on Kathleen. Guys, you will too. I, um, I'm going to ask her if she will be open to sharing an email address if you guys have any questions. Or actually, you know what? You can just email me and then I will ask her the questions. That's better. Um, and again, once she's really up and running with her consulting group, we'll have that information out there for you guys because... It's time. The time is now. Stand on your feet. Speak your voice. Be humble, happy, and proud in your truth. Because we're just being honest. So, guys, again, Kathleen, it was an honor to have you. That literally 50 minutes, like, flew by. So, um, I'm so grateful. Well, for thank your, you. I'm so grateful for your friendship, for your time, for your energy, for your perseverance. Um... I'm thankful for you. Well, it's I, mutual. I, it's I, mutual. I'm giving you a hug now, but I'm going to totally <laughs> jump on you later. Um, guys, if you want to hear more podcasts just like this one, every Monday we have a new podcast coming out. This was a truly inspirational episode with Miss, well, I can't even talk anymore, Miss Kathleen Ruiz. Um, please subscribe. We're on Spotify now. Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search, just being honest. That's being without a G. So it's B-E-I-N. It's me behind the kale. Yep, that's me, KB. So until next time, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love. Ciao.